Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll talk about the conference championship games, first with Michael Wilbon and then with Jason Lockenfora. And maybe we'll have time to talk about finding great online deals. But first, let's do some commerce. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Beltre is, to me, one of the certainly 10 best third basemen ever, one of the five best defense third basemen ever that I've seen. Uh, 3,000 hits, nearly 500 homers. And get this, Tony, he never wore a cup at Whoa. third base. Just amazes me As we said. that you can play that position without wearing a cup. I asked him once, like, how could you do that? Yeah, and he what showed you, me what his hands crazy? and he goes, that's what these are for. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So I've got a million things to talk about. I could tell you the pizza story, which I'll tell you later in the week. I'll tell you about George uh, saying to me, I should have demanded a best price guarantee at the Nautica store. (laughs) I've got emails on the Nautica store and why they do what they do. Um, I've got a CVS closing, the Target CVS, where Evelyn works. It's closing? It's closing. The CVS is is closing. It's a nationwide issue. I need to find out where Evelyn is going to be. I put a call, and I have all these things, and I wanted to even talk about the leaderboard at the Farmers in, in the golf. It was like... It was like the European DP tour. It was I don't know any of these players. They're not even Ryder Cuppers. It's but all like of they that pales. The signature events and everything else. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't fun to watch. I'm saying I didn't know who they were. And this is the bleeding of the Saudi tour. This is what happens. And the PGA tour, if they don't make a change at the top, they're crazy. You got, you, Jay Monahan has to go and somebody else has to come in who can facilitate some sort of peace. And all of that pales in comparison to these games yesterday, both of which were great. And I just sat there and took note after note after note. For example, I mean, these are in very small type. And it's sort of line by line on the first game. Uh, I totally agreed with Kansas City going fourth and two from the Baltimore 43 in the first quarter. And then they found Kelsey. Says, I'm 50-50 about Baltimore going fourth and one from their own 30, but it worked. Then I said they had Lamar two times, and they couldn't get him down. They, had, they were holding. They should have gotten Lamar down, and they couldn't do that. And then Kansas City should not have gone fourth and one. They should have taken the field goal. They were up at that point. Oh, yeah. Seven, they should have gone to 10. And then later in the half when they got a field goal, it would have been 13. That's what they should have done. And you take these notes – and, and, 
and then you say two terrible plays by the end of the game. The fumble in the end zone by Flowers. Ugh. It's a terrible play. Again? Yeah. It's a terrible play. Backbreaker. What are you doing? And the interception by Lamar in the end zone where three white three. jerseys are surrounding one purple jersey is a terrible throw. Lamar Jackson wasn't up to it. He's the MVP. Unanimously. Should should be unanimous, but he wasn't up to it in this game. And Patrick Mahomes is that good. They are that good. It didn't even matter. Baltimore's defense was great in the second half. They held Kansas City to five straight punts, but by that time, much of the damage was done in terms of scoring, and Kansas City's defense was great as well. Yeah. And, and what can you say about Patrick Mahomes other than he's, if he wants to do Subway commercials and State Farm commercials and every other bundling, whatever he wants to do, <laughs> he can do it because yeah. he's the best person out there. And I should I ask like Michael. like State Farm commercials. Uh, his, some of his State Farm commercials are good. Not yeah. all. Some Kelsey's always fighting for a new nickname. Yeah, the Mahomes and Maauto, and I actually think that's sort of bright. But you have a son who loves the Ravens, who loves Lamar Jackson, and that's the early game, and I assume he watched at least some of it. How is he feeling about this? You know, I, it's a reminder that you should always look at sports through the eyes of a six- or seven-year-old because they just look at everything with such wonder, and immediately he's able to appreciate the season. And if you were out there and you have one of the kids who is able to influence other kids on the playground at recess and turn them on to a team, just recognize that that's a, that's a really special power and ability. It was a lot of fun for me to watch the Ravens this year with him. We were over at a friend's house. They are from Maryland, and you could sort of see this beginning to turn. So we actually left at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth. So uh -huh. I heard I heard the fumble on the radio and just go, my goodness, because Walker's doing the math in his head. Bootsy's doing the math in his head. Uh, and it really was the first quarter versus everything else. And you just listen yes. to Mahomes' quotes over the last couple weeks and months. He just has such a good understanding of what it means to win a, a playoff football game. Uh, which just seems to set him at a different bar in these ones. And it's it's okay for it to be boring. It's okay to miss out on, you know, you start thinking about winning field position and, and you put that against the clock and the actual points on the board. And it's just a masterclass in how to just get to the next game. He's a great football player. He's actually an all-time football player. Six straight AFC championship games, four Super Bowls now in six years. Mm. There's nobody... Now, Brady's the best of all time, but Mahomes is, is so great. He's such a worthy player. He basically won, won the game. And, and Chuck Todd has said this a number of times and gone against his own ruling. You don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. No. He's already a one-and-a-half-point underdog in the Super Bowl. You have to be crazy to bet against him. Yes. He went on the road this year in Buffalo. He went on the road in Baltimore. These are really good teams in difficult weather circumstances. And he won both games. And his connection with Travis Kelsey. Ugh. And it's lovely to see because they cut to Taylor Swift in the booth all the time and she's ecstatically happy. But that they are... I never thought I'd see anything better than Montana to Rice. And I never thought I would see anything better. I mean, Montana to Rice was so great. Then, you know, some of the other people who are out there, then Brady to Gronkowski. I never thought anything would be better than that. And Mahomes to 
Kelsey in the playoffs is better than that. Yeah. It's the greatest of all time. It's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Especially considering this- how teams were able to shut him down after, you know, the first month of the season. Right. Yeah, uh, but not now. And they looked rudderless at one point. As though, you know, there's a little bit of infighting. They're losing some games they shouldn't lose. And well, everybody goes through that. Yeah. yeah. Is Taylor Swift the distraction? Then he realized they're listening to T Swizzle's music at practice. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, at the beginning of the year, Baltimore lost games they shouldn't have lost. Yep. In the middle of the year, San Francisco lost games they shouldn't have lost. By the end of the year, Philadelphia lost every Everything. single game. Everything. And Kansas City lost a few games. But now you have. You have the, the Super Bowl with Kansas City, uh, no longer the dynasty of one, as Wilbon likes yeah, to say. Uh, unfortunately, and San it's a Francisco, great nickname. San Francisco is the most complete team out there. They were going to lose that game. I was certain they were going to lose that game. Brock Purdy was really shaky yeah. in the first half, and Detroit was rolling up and down the field, running it at will. Every every single yak was amazing for Detroit. Whenever they needed a first down, they threw a six-yard pass. The guy gained 12 more. Yeah. First down after first down after first down in the first half, time and time and time again. And I thought that was a no-hope game. And then in the second half, suddenly the San Francisco defense showed up. And then fourth down comes. And then and Campbell goes and goes and goes. Now, look, Dan Campbell has been a great coach for Detroit. Detroit was nothing before him. Yeah. And now they reached the point where they were one game away from the Super Bowl. They won two playoff games. Hadn't done that in, I don't know, 60 years. So I'm not knocking Dan Campbell. But boy, you go, you need 10 points at the end of the game. What are you doing running the ball? What are you doing on a third down running the ball? And then, okay, you have the fourth down and you win, you get the touchdown. But if you had kicked a field goal a minute earlier, you would have had so much more time to try and, and three timeouts to try and get the ball back, right? Michael, you sit there and you look at that and you go, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Not good. Um, he goes all the time. He, he does. Goes, he goes on fourth down more than any coach in the league. Purdy was great in the second half running the ball. Is there a sense with those fourth downs? I know that's what got them there and that's sort of the – the philosophy of of the team. But when you get to a game like that, you're like, maybe we should rein that in because, because field position might matter more and and momentum and all that sort of stuff. I don't know what you do. If you have a modus operandi and that's how you got all the players on the team to buy in and they expect it and they anticipate it. I guess you do it. I, I would have gotten the field goal a lot earlier that they had bad luck. Yeah, but if they, they bad luck with if defenders, they so does the defensive coordinator. Like you're, you're, you're sort of scheming for that in a different way than you might another team who wants to play for position. Sure. They had really bad luck. They fumbled on a first down. Yeah. They, um, the, the pass that oh. was juggled in the air. The Brandon, there were two oh, plays yeah. yesterday. Lamar the, Jackson made one. His himself. pass was batted up in the air. He caught 20. it and gained 20 yards. <laughs> and and it was Ayuk. Was yeah. it Ayuk? It was Ayuk. Yeah. An incredible play. Yeah, That's, that there's luck. Can't happen. Can't happen. There's luck. They get back in the game. They go ahead, San Francisco. Now they, they, they had great luck yesterday in the second half. They did. I mean, you want to fumble on the first play, not the fifth play. You know, you want to 
cause that to happen. Michael, what did you think of the second week? I was so surprised that San Francisco won that game. I really uh, was. So I, you know, I was in charge of bedtime last night, and I missed much of the first half. I could just follow the score, and I had a little one who wouldn't go to sleep, so he came down. We watched sort of in relative darkness and quiet. We turned the volume off. It made it even sadder to watch that that turnaround in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, you just felt you felt for those fans. Well, all the fans at Ford Field thinking they're going to win. Yeah, it's but it's not as bad as Arthur Blank dancing in the aisles. It's in the not Super twenty-eight Bowl. to three. It's not no. that bad. Well, it's twenty-seven-seven, isn't it? <laughs> it's close. It's twenty-seven. Right. I, I did feel close. shades of nineteen eighty-six and two thousand three. There's the sympathy you have for the fan base. Like, yeah. you've just been downtrodden for so long, and they haven't gotten and you get the, the first sort- half. Yeah, the first half, you said, this is all going your way. Yeah, you're up. You know, Bill Buckner's not going to miss that ball. You're going to win this we're game. Booking, I don't, we're booking tickets to Vegas. <laughs> I don't know what happened at halftime, but San Francisco made some great adjustments. They did. They made some great adjustments, and Detroit felt as, as they should. We're going to win this game. We need one touchdown. We're going to win this game. Yeah. I felt that there was a point, and I was texting with some people, I felt there was a point where I said one more score and it's over. And they got a field goal, I think. But it wasn't over. No. It wasn't over. No. And they needed two at the end and did, couldn't, no, couldn't get them. You got to kick Although even with earlier. even with the, the onside kick, it was like, oh, it's loose. Almost. <laughs> it, was like, it was a lot closer it was almost. than you thought it would be. Did George Kittle get it? Yeah, Kittle fell on it. You yeah. know, that's, that's what you have people out there for. Exactly. Anyway, we will do this all day. Uh, we will have Will Bond. We will have Jason Lockafor, and we will have Will Bond next, and I am Tony Kornheiser. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called The Third Floor. Steven Goldberg in Charleston, South Carolina writes, My son Neil is the bass player for a folksy rock college band out of the University of South Carolina called The Third Floor. His bandmates met on, you guessed it, The Third Floor of their dorm two years ago. (laughs) They've grown over time and have several original hits, including Not Worth the Time and Josie, their first singles go up on Spotify. Neil, a sport management major, was lucky enough to take Susan O'Malley's sports law class. I told Neil to see if she would respond to Lasseuse, but he politely declined. He did tell her his dad was a big Mr. Tony fan. She said, oh, that's nice. My son's favorite class. Thanks for playing these tunes. The Third Floor's other songs can be found on Spotify and other music services. If you're ever in Charleston again, be happy to take you out to my club, Bulls Bay, a wonderful Mike Strands course. And I know a guy who can get you on to Yeaman's Hall or Cacique at Kiowa. Thanks for supporting young artists and the show being the soundtrack of my commute. Happy to do it again. This is called Not Worth the Time and plays in Michael Wilbon. I watched every minute of every of the two games, which is unusual for me. You watched every minute of the two games. What is your general assessment of what happened yesterday? And I thought both games were terrific watches. They were. Um, they were, Tony. Um, you were ready to give up on the second game now. Come I was. You, you were, you, you I was. were on the phone. You were a little salty. But I, I was telling you in real time, hold on now. I mean, the 49ers are going to come back here. I didn't know they were going to come back and win, but I thought they'd come back. So the games were uh, not what I was rooting for, although I wasn't rooting. It's like I, I didn't have anything against Kansas City or San Francisco. It was probably the only time in my adult life I have rooted against, rooted for anybody against the 49ers. I, I generally root for. I root for the places and the people I like. People say, well, how do you, who do you root for? I root for cities I like to go to. I've spent so big a chunk of my life in San Francisco, in Oakland. Um, I should have citizenship there. Um, and so I generally root for all the teams in Northern California. I was rooting for the Lions yesterday. Not, 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 not because of anything with San Francisco. Uh, just rooting for Detroit, not the Lions, for Detroit. And I just thought, you know, when they were up 21-7, it, nothing mattered yet. Um, but really, the, my takeaway, there, there were no takeaways for me from that game. I mean, it was a football game. It was a great football game. Um, the, the Lions didn't have enough, which is not a surprise. People thought the 49ers were a better team. My takeaways came from the first game, where the Baltimore Ravens were unbelievably undisciplined and yeah. without poise. Yeah. And that annoyed me. Because we know that John Harbaugh is a hell of a coach. We know that. There, there's not... That, that that wasn't a referendum on him overall. It might have been a referendum on him and his team this week. But they were undisciplined and had no poise, and that really annoyed me. And um, Lamar Jackson is just not good enough. It doesn't mean that he has some failing. And this is the problem that we have now with all the analysis that we have in sports on television, you know, literally every second of every day, is that people are going to show tell you, illustrate why Lamar Jackson is a failure. He is not a failure. Like most quarterbacks who have ever played the game, including some of the great ones, he's not as good as someone else in his time. 
there were people who were not as good as Joe Montana. It didn't mean they weren't good or they weren't great or they didn't deserve a regular season MVP. It meant they weren't Montana. And Lamar Jackson is not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, like I, I, I need to see greatness, Tony, over a period of time. I think I said this to you yesterday. You're seeing it now. I'm not giving it to you because of one or two. I'm just not. I got to see it. No, because you're seeing other it now. People have three or four, but now Mahomes is on the way to maybe a third already. Yeah, uh, and he's been there four times, and he's great. He, he is without flaw, essentially. And Lamar Jackson doesn't have quite that. And so that's what I came away from that game thinking about Baltimore and Kansas City, that Lamar, that, that, that Patrick Mahomes can go to a level of greatness that very few quarterbacks have ever gone to. And we're talking again, you know, Montana and Aikman and, you know, and, and Elway, even though Elway lost three times and one chief did win two, he went five. Those are the, there's very few people I'm going to put in that group, and of course Tom Brady's in a category of his own. But Mahomes is there, and and Lamar Jackson is not quite there. He, he, not he, yet. He could get there. He's 27. He could. Well, Elway took it until he was like 35, 36. Yeah, here's the here's the problem for Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and anybody else you want to name. Patrick Mahomes is only 28. Right. He's been to four right. now, and he's only 28. He is. He is demonstrably, and, I, and believe me, I'm not saying he's the MVP this year. Lamar Jackson is the yeah. MVP this year. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the best football player on the planet and yeah, has yeah. been for three to five years. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. I, he's I, that there's, good. There's no disagreement. Yeah. No disagreement about that. Uh, and it's not as complex as everybody's going to make it. That you said it right there. That's it. Um, yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is able to summon it. Well, what he, he did. to. What he did this year is the, the one hole in his resume. It's not even a hole in his resume because it just hadn't happened yet. He hadn't ever gone on the road in the playoffs. Yeah, he is. just went at Buffalo and at Baltimore, and he yep. won those games. Yep. So now there is there's nothing you can say about Patrick Holmes other than, man, he's great. Right, that's Mike? Right. That's it. That's he's it. great. That's it. That's, that's the summation. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so that is what prevailed. Uh, in the in the second mm. game, and Baltimore four personal fouls is well, preposterous. Un- again, no discipline, no poise. And, no. and that, that's that you know that's the story of them, and that that's yeah. disappointing for them. So we go I think to that the Ravens are quite the program in everything they do on and off the, the field, and you know I, I think. You know, that franchise gets it right. They didn't get it right yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I had them as the best team in the league because they went to San Francisco and beat San Francisco. And so it is an upset to me, although there's no upsets with Patrick Mahomes. And the lesson is, is learned. You don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's that simple. We go to the other game. You have watched the Lions much more than I have, and I've watched them in big games. And I have turned on Dan Campbell, who I thought was a bozo when I first saw him, and then I felt, wow, you know, he's a really good coach for his team. He is. But did he outsmart himself yesterday? Um, I thought the the fourth down decisions are all, I I hate those. They're generational now. Every coach feels he needs to do it to prove something. I don't know what. He's going more on fourth than any coach in the league. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't mean it's going to always work every day. And I, you know, and I hear, uh, 
Greg Olson saying it was the right decision. No, it wasn't the right decision because it didn't work. It didn't work. So it wasn't the right decision today. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the justification of NFL coaches is, it, it makes me nuts. Here's, um, here's the, the one question I have, and I don't know if you agree with it. It's, it's great that he got the fourth down touchdown, but he had to get two scores. Shouldn't he have kicked the field goal a minute earlier than that? I thought so. Yeah. Because he had his timeouts. He had yeah. his three timeouts, and he wouldn't have had the onside kick. Yes. I thought so. Yes. That, that's I, I, what I don't, a, You know, look, Tony, the thing that's going to make you and, and me angry about sports is that, particularly in baseball, less in basketball, though some, People used to coach by Red Auerbach wouldn't have had some dope in an office call him up and tell him, here's a play you need to call because the analytics say so. Well, there was no analytics with Red right, Auerbach. Right. Well, okay, but, you know, I mean, you know, there, there are people who have straddled this. Phil Jackson and Pat Rowley would have knocked the guy out. Now, Tony, they turn it over to them, even in basketball. So, you know, so the Boston Celtics, who have lost a couple of games lately, Tony, it is their stated, people have now outed, at first it was just former players, and I sit next to one of them, lucky to, was Kendrick Perkins, who played for the Celtics and won a championship, where's the, where's the championship ring? And Perk during a game says, Why, what are they doing? Why have they gone to this? Meaning, you have two great players who can get to the basket on almost anybody, and Tatum and Brown. Why have they gone to this many three-pointers in these games, 51 of them or something, and Perk's wondering this aloud while we're sitting and watching games? Because they've just gone to it. And then the next day he wonders it again because the Celtics are playing back-to-back. And I'm like, Perk, it just happened that way. He goes, no, 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 something's, no, no, something's rotten here. It's just not, this is not what the Celtics do. Tony, if they're, if they're going, they have gone, they have taken an approach now where they're going to do that no matter what. I agree. I agree that there and are people. These two games, they got blown out the other day. Yeah. Because this. You see it in all sports. Is this. You see it in all sports. On the other hand, in Campbell's case, Mike, Campbell walked into a terrible team and a terrible franchise. And he got his players to yep, believe in him totally. Yeah. Yes. So maybe you're sort of bound by that. I don't believe, to, I don't believe in that. You, you don't, don't believe in that? No, no, no. Okay. You, 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 I believe in his, if his players buy in now, then you do what you need to do today to win this game. You don't win to justify your philosophy when you've got them. Let me ask you this. Did his players all believe in him yesterday when they kicked it off? Yes. Would they believe if he kicked the field goal? Would they have turned to each other and said, oh, my God, he has gone outside the manifesto? No, you have to kick. You, you need two scores. Today, you need to. Today, I, you know, I, you know, I wonder if there's a day coming where I just turn off sports. I doubt it. I, I tend to doubt it. What did you think of you know, the 49ers? Their, their offense, Purdy was really shaky in the first half, and he was great in the second half. Great. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't segment. I don't, you know, segment games like that. I, I don't. I he he got it together and he made plays. He the play did on, the play. He, he ran. I, I think it was third and he had long. three he runs had, for first downs yes, that were great. Yes, he was terrific. Just when it great. mattered. When, my, here's my phrase, Tony. When it mattered, Brady was great. When it mattered, Dan Campbell wasn't great. When it mattered, yeah. 
I think I think that's true, and I'm. I don't know how anybody could be not satisfied at this point that Kansas City's in the Super Bowl again. They demonstrated they are Mike. They the the phrase I wrote down. They are a worthy team. Are they oh, not? Are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to want to see them in the Super Bowl every year. But no, yes, they, nobody. Who's going to argue their worthiness? Nobody. They're not their coach, not their players. God knows they're coaching their quarterback because they're already in the Hall of Fame. They're already in. If if if, if Patrick Mahomes announces retirement today, he's in the Hall of Fame. So no, nobody's going to uh, you know. So so's the tight end. At all. The tight end is in the tight Hall of Fame. Was, man, when you start eleven you catches, Rice, yeah, when, you when are the, the all-time playoff Rice. leader. Wow. You're right. in the Hall of Fame, right? That's right. You're, you're in. in the paragraph with Rain, Gretzky, and Wilt. You just you're, you're in a separate place. You're in a yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be. Um, now we got to prepare for two weeks of overstatement and overanalysis. Uh, yes. And, I wish they know, played next week. Yeah, I hate, I, yeah, yeah. I hate I, the I mean, late week. I don't why they don't, but I, just I, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to participate in the next two weeks uh, other than what we have to do on our show. Well, we, um, yes, I, we, have to, we have to participate, Mike. We have to participate. Well, I mean, I'm not, Tony, I'm not going to pay attention. Oh. I'm not, I haven't for yeah. years. I've checked out. I have checked out of the bye week of Super Bowl week for 25 years. I used mm. to have to cover it. I used to have to produce and manufacture the hype. You did too. Me too. So, but I, Me too. I checked out, and I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I am not going to pay attention to the Super Bowl hype. And not for the first 10 days. I'll get into it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the week leading up to, but you know, there's other stuff I'll be interested in. Other well, we'll have guests, though. We'll have PTI guests that we like. So that'll be good. You know, we'll have people that we like and we'll ask them prom- about You the promise. Game. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Jason Lockenfora will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is the third floor. The third floor 
with Josie. We've talked about this before. It's pretty good. It's very nice. Yeah. It's very pleasant. Yes. It really is. We get great artists all the time. We do. So tell people if they want to submit their original music, how they do it. Please, you can send us your original music. Um, you can't send in, hey, this is a great song by Billy Joel, no, unless no, you're no. actually Billy Joel, then we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but send us your original music to jingles at com, and we would love to play your music. Jason Lockenfora joins us now. Do we have his reads, the Odyssey read? Oh, yes. It's somewhere in here. Somewhere Sorry. in this pile is Jason's Odyssey read, and we will get it. Here we go. We are joined by... Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, host of the podcast In the Huddle, covering the entire NFL. You don't have to cover the entire NFL with us now. You have to cover two games. Um, I took notes. I, I watched both games all the way to the end. First game wasn't hard. Second game is past my bedtime. But I watch it because both games, both games were really good in very different ways. I'll just do yeah. the general thing. Your takeaway from both games um, you you cannot you cannot beat yourself in the playoffs. You cannot be your own worst enemy. You 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 know. I guess the tennis term unforced errors. I, I think if you yeah. graded these games on unforced errors, it would be a blowout in favor of the two teams that won. Um, you've got drops. You've got penalties. You've got guys losing their con- emotions. Um, you've got. You know, fumbles, and not only fumbles, but first down fumbles at critical momentum junctures when you're in your own territory. Um, you have, you know, gimme interceptions that not only aren't interceptions, but turn into basically, you know, 60-yard explosive touchdown plays that take almost no time off the clock for the other team. Um, it's it's who protects the football and under, you know, has the full understanding of the scoreboard and what's actually required to win on this day, which might just be three Justin Tucker field goals after that touchdown. Um, But yet when you have points on the board with a kicker that good, you play fast and loose with the ball, your coordinators too cute by half. um, And you end up coming out of sequences where three points would have been vital, finding ways, not even to let that all time great kicker get off the bench. Um, that that stuff will will come back to get you, uh, and it did uh, both for the Ravens and the Lions. Who I I totally either team could have won those games, and they could have won them in different ways, but they had meltdowns in ways that the other team didn't. Four personal fouls on the Ravens. Four personal fouls. I'm sorry. At some point, that speaks to coaching. Yeah, you you've had this guy all year, Flowers. You've had him all year. I mean, come on, and he's been a well, really good player. He hasn't been that way. Like he has. Well, I mean, I, I can't recall a time where he, you know, came anywhere close to throwing a ball in the direction of a defender while he was on the ground. I, you know, he's a rookie. Um, you can't do that. Those I guys mean, don't make mistakes. No, look, I, I have. I mean, look, to follow that up. With not securing a ball, diving when you're when yes. you're a little guy, you've got to know. Um, when I leave my feet and I'm in high traffic areas, and everybody's outweighing me by thirty pounds, fifty pounds, whatever, that could be a problem. Um, you know, I'd much rather him go down and slide and dive than elevate and and try to go airborne. Um, 
Like that's just a, that's not you know he's a small guy that that's not gonna you know the risk and reward just isn't there. But but look, Todd Munkin, I would give him an F. Like the Ravens would have been better off if Todd Munkin, their offensive coordinator, stayed home in bed, and somebody else on the staff just you know looked at the stats of the Chiefs and did a quick cursory film review and said, oh well, we should be able to run the ball on these guys. Like, I mean, Todd Munkin never tried. Uh, he never tried, and especially on a day where Lamar was a little off, and Lamar himself was not leaning into. And I'm sitting in the upper deck. I'm behind one of the end, end zones. I mean, I, I could I literally see half the game from Lamar's purview. You know, five thousand feet in the air. He was. He had opportunities to take off and go, and he wasn't doing it. He wasn't initiating the quarterback-driven run game himself. So all the more reason that the offensive coordinator, who has gotten lots of, of laurels and roses all year from me and others for the most part, but who had terrible tendencies to get pass-happy in stupid times. He did it against the Rams. He did it repeatedly. Um, and for as many games as this team won, there were times when that defense, who'd been on the field a ton, needed a break. And this guy, like at the end of the first half, is out there chucking it around. And when the quarterback isn't activating his legs, then you need to call some design runs. You need to get him thinking about the mesh point again. And you need to try to um, attack that defense in a different way, especially when the guy who they their first choice to spy him, Willie Gay, didn't play. Like, so so, so let, I, let I think me the offensive coordinator completely and utterly peed in his own pants on national television for three hours. So let, let me get to Lamar Jackson, because he's going to be the MVP. He should be the MVP. It should be unanimous. He is playing against, even if you think Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the league, which he isn't, but he is the MVP. He's playing against a guy who's an all-timer, absolute all-timer, Patrick Mahomes. Proved it this year on the road. To, I mean, come on, a total all-timer. What grade would you give Lamar? I mean, because... I don't want to compare him yeah. to Patrick Mahomes who gets an A, well, but what would you give Lamar? What Patrick Mahomes did is understood the situation, which is yes. I've got one guy they can't cover here in Kelsey. Um, their offense is sputtering, and they don't seem to understand what they need to do as a unit. So I'm going to be smart. I'm, I'm going to control the game. I'm going to understand when we can pick up three points late. That's fine. These guys are melting down. I'll take that. I'm not going to force anything. I'm not going to get cute. No, if we win this game with 17 points and 240 passing yards, because I didn't turn it over, because yeah. I was spatially aware, because I did make five to six third and fourth down plays that most humans don't make, like that's all we need today. So that's, that's fine. And Pacheco's only going 2-5 a carry, but we're going to feed Pacheco because we want to keep that defense out here, and we want to keep Lamar Jackson on the sidelines. And it's the complete antithesis. Of Todd Monken, who, who again, I would give the greatest lion's share of blame to him. But Lamar, I can't give him more than a C minus, and maybe yeah. that's generous. Like, you've got to come away with points when you're at the 35 yard line in a game like that, where they've now they're punting the third straight time, the fourth straight time. They haven't had a touchdown drive since their second drive of the game. You got to know that I got to get three here when my tackles are getting whipped, and their tackles are not very good. I got to move up the pocket and be ready to run. For Mississippi, he was going to get strapped all day long. Like the, the, the fumble, again, was right in front of me. Like we're screaming, move up the pocket, run, run, go, go, go. Like for Mississippi, and you're still back there, you know, yeah. jumping side to side like a boxer. Not today, not in this game, not with these stakes. 
like he was not great. He was he was a no. little off. And the, and the interception, um, if you look at it, there's three white jerseys. You know, now it, I, he's probably thinking I might get a call, and likely does lift his hand. I mean, likely's calling for the ball. He's screaming for the ball, and that's a guy who they they've made some great street ball plays together. But right. the, the zone is flooded with defenders. You're not really getting any calls today. This has not been a day where they're calling a whole lot of PI or a whole lot of defensive holding. Very little. Yes, very And little. you've got to be smarter than that. You've, the three there is your friend, and you've got three in your back pocket. Again, your defense has suffocated that offense. Second half, for, totally. Totally. Yes. You, again, and you've got a weapon in Tucker. Like, you know, but again, I'll go back to the end of the first half. Why they're throwing the ball there just blew my mind. And that's when I'm kind of sitting there with my kids thinking, I don't think I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> I yeah. don't think. Right, let's let's go to the next game. Refuses, like, if you can't at least keep Mahomes off the field there and go with your four best running plays to pick up at least 10 yards, right, and burn that clock so they don't get a possession at the end of the half, and you know they're getting the ball to start the second half. Now, little did we know it would be a three and out. But, right. like, he wasn't up for it, man. Like, and I think the world of him, but he was horrible. All right, let's go to the other game, which looks like, I mean, Detroit goes right down the field the first two times they get the ball. Uh, Purdy looks very shaky in the first half. He yeah. was fabulous. He was terrible. He was 7 or 15 with a pick, second and half, he was off target. He's lucky he didn't get one of his receivers half. concussed, or multiple receivers concussed, with right. the medicine balls 10 feet over people's heads in the middle of the field. Yeah, he was bad. And then the second half, he was great, and he was great running the ball. He picked yes. up three different first downs running the ball. I, I don't know that you can isolate it just to this, but I think I might, that Dan Campbell outsmarted himself. I have trouble with that because there were plays to be made in all those instances. And, I mean, the weird – I oddly didn't the, – the thing I didn't like the most was the third and four Amon St. Brown inside run. I didn't yeah. like that, which was the – like, why you've got two backs they can't stop. You know, get on, you, you, are, you, you, had, you ran under center 60 more times than any team in the league. And when you did it, you did it with authority. And you got a fullback, and you got two exemplary running backs, and you decide to, to run a shotgun run with one of your smallest receivers inside to pick up a couple. And when they did that, I'm thinking, well, then they must really have a fourth and two play that they love, probably on the ground, because why risk a drop? Right, and, and now it was a great play call, and Reynolds, he's got to make that catch, and he didn't, and he had another horrible drop. And I mean, the the the, the play to Ayuk, come on! I mean, sometimes it's just not. Sometimes you're unlucky. Like luck matters. Like people want the right. momentum. No, the 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 DB somehow found a way not to make a play, and there's a one in a million chance that that ball, instead of hitting the ground, hits Ayuk in the hand. Like. And then you got a first down fumble from Gibbs. Like I don't think all that's because he had he went for it on fourth down. Okay. Now, I, look again, Ben Johnson's play calling again. The third and the fourth down calls. I'm kind of like just run the damn ball, but at least take another few minutes off this clock. But I, he did that all year, and I mean again, the ball's in the guy's hands. Like I. I think San Francisco got lucky, and yeah, they're at home. And, and I'm not saying that the three wouldn't have helped, but have you seen their kicker? Like, 
they don't have a Butker. They don't have a Justin Tucker. Like, that guy outside the dome from 47, I don't know. But I certainly would have tried the second one. I have a much bigger issue not this trying This is exactly how I feel, that they're going for the, the – you have to have two scores – just get the field goal much quicker than you go. And if for, he misses, I, he misses, and you gave him 17 yards of field position. You know, it turns out your defense was okay anyway. Like, I, have I know a much they made the play. With that, I know the they made the fourth down touchdown, Jason. But I would have kicked it 40 seconds ahead of that because you, well, you have to have it, right? You certainly can't run a running. Like you, <laughs> you certainly can't run a running play. On yeah. third down and blow a timeout, you know, and that's another yeah. guy, Ben Johnson, and you're going to get him in Washington in all yeah. likelihood, and I think he'll learn to be good, but I think there'll be a learning curve. But, like, you know, that's another one. Like, I don't know what he was doing on that play call, and I don't know what he was doing on the third down, you know, St. Brown play call. Um, but nobody's going to be perfect, and it's, it's fast and it's furious up there, and you're fighting the clock. Um but the Lions absolutely let them off the hook. But, I mean, to me, way more important than Dan Campbell and anything he did was the two Reynolds drops and the, you know, the, the, the 50-some-yard bomb off both hands and a face right. mask. Right. That can't happen. Plus, again, if the Gibbs fumble happens on the fifth or seventh play of that drive and you've at least first bled the play. clock and yeah, you've at least play. given your defense a breather, it yeah, happened on the play. first freaking play. Yeah, and that 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 was that was really bad. I'm 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 curious I can't about Dan this. Campbell for that, you know, like that was a rookie who also like Zay Flowers. He was a little off there. San Francisco's defense in the first half was non-existent. San Francisco's defense in the second half was better. Well, I believe play, great Tony. coaches make adjustments. <laughs> yeah, I assume, right? on the field. I, I, I still think again, if Jameer Gibbs doesn't fumble that ball and the Lions get into an eye formation with, with Montgomery and just go old school, I, I don't know that that, you know what I mean, that there's not another seven minute drive there, but the reality is everything went the defense's way. The, the offense is now scoring incredibly quickly. Yes. They've erased the deficit. You didn't have anything to do with like you didn't defend the fourth down play. Reynolds dropped the ball. Then they have another drive going, and it's a first down to Reynolds, and he dropped the ball. Like, you made a nice play on Gibbs. Okay, you stripped Gibbs. Like, I don't think they had a whole hell of a lot to do with it. Like, I mean, I think, you know, again, there, there is some luck involved here. There's good fortune. Like, they faced no volume in the run game in the second half because the third quarter, the Lions never had the ball, and then when the Lions are getting the ball in the fourth quarter, it's obviously a completely different game script now. Both games were great fun to watch, Jason. They really Absolutely. were. Absolutely, Great fun to watch. And, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is now in the Super Bowl again. And San Francisco, which I thought was the most complete team, they're in the Super Bowl again. Though, I would say lucky to win both playoff games at home. Wouldn't you? Lucky to Absolutely. win both. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, again, the football gods, gods have been shining upon them. Um, I would not bet against Mahomes in this Super Bowl. I would take I, that plus money while it's still there, Tone. Uh, that thing opened at two and a half. Good luck. I mean, a few places have it at one and a half. Um, you can get the Chiefs' money line. I've seen it plus 102, plus 100, but that's fading fast. I would, I, I would get on that. Yeah, me too. I would do that. All right, plug your uh, radio show for us. 
Uh, you can listen to me from 2 to 6 weekdays on Inside Access on 105.7, The Fan in Baltimore. Um, we Baseball season's here, Tony. So I know. We won't be ignoring the Orioles this week. Maybe they'll <laughs> get off their keister and do something. Um, actually trade for a pitcher. <coughs> that would be nice. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and you can listen on the Odyssey app anywhere as well. Thank you, Jason. That Thank was, you, guys. Have a great week. Thanks. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, who's the best we've got. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. That's just great. <laughs> it's That's great. just great. Just save uh, this for uh, next September and add in Phillies. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> They'll go down, too. Sure. Just great. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, when you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side when times get rough and friends just can't be found. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. That's the most beautiful song ever. Yes. Like that. You can have others that you like, but that's, none is more beautiful that's the one. than that. None is more beautiful than bridge over troubled water. None. I say it again. She's about to move a close second, right? Yeah. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Jason Locke, and Fora. Thanks to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. From Murray Moman in uh, Winnipeg in Manitoba in Canada. Why do so many Americans think they live in the Midwest when they don't actually live in the Midwest? This is a Wilbon question. <laughs> <laughs> According to data from Emerson College Polling and the Middle West Review, more than 30% of the people from Montana, 42% from Colorado, 54% from Wyoming, and 27% from Arkansas say they live in the Midwest. 
These people are wrong, says the U.S. Census Bureau, which generally considers the Midwest to include 12 states. The Dakotas, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio. This was inevitable, Murray Moman writes, after the Big Ten decided to accept Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, and Wilbon thinks Toronto's in the Midwest. Which is fantastic. It's an attitude. Yes. From Chris Wilson, who was the head of CBC Sports and Olympics in Toronto. I was intrigued when I saw the title of last Monday's episode, Zipper Conundrum, and then consequently surprised when I heard my connection to it. I was the Canadian who brought you the CBC Olympic coats to chatter as tribute. Oh. When I heard about your difficulties with the zipper, I immediately began, broke a sweat wondering if I was now destined to be an Uncle Tony target, <laughs> like Cigna or Pepco. A quick Google machine search confirmed that for some reason the United States and Canada have zippers on different sides, but generally only on men's clothing. Our rationale was that zippers and buttons were only for wealthy Victorian clothing. These original one percenters employed dressers that did their zippers for them. Hmm. Since most people are right hand or zipper style with a zipper on the left was easier for these dressers to use than their right hand to zip up the clothes of their aristocrat as they face them. So having Michael zip up your coat for you was actually a perfect example of what the founding fathers of zipper design <laughs> imagined. And he also says, tell Josh Obadiah to eat it. So we do. Yeah, that go, sums up uh, our relationship pretty well. Yeah. From <laughs> Liam. It, that's not fair. <laughs> from Liam in Davidson, North Carolina. Writing to you from my dorm room at Davidson College, where I'm just beginning the spring semester of my sophomore year. Just wrapped up the documentary, The War Room, from my campaign strategy class. I got about halfway through before thinking to myself, is that James Carville? <laughs> the James Carville? Intro song, Carville? I was shocked. It was as if Chuck Todd turned out to be some famous television host. Can we confirm that isn't not that James Carville moment? That is Carville. That's one of the great docs of all time. Oh, yes. The War Room is fantastic. It came out after Carville and Stephanopoulos and a couple of other people yeah, one of the elected Bill Clinton. Yeah, one of the greatest campaigns of all time. From Paul Fitzpatrick. First time sending anything. Very little shot at a David Aldrich moment living in Western Canada. He's an Edmonton Oilers fan. As a lifelong Edmonton Oilers fan, I can't imagine anything more ridiculous than Wilbon's claim that you cheer for your division rivals. Maybe the world of the NFL is a kinder, gentler world than that of the NHL. As we speak, I'm watching the Edmonton Oilers beat the Calgary Flames to win 13 in a row, setting the record for the longest winning streak by a Canadian-based NHL franchise. It's up to 16 It's now, amazing. And they're waiting to get the record after the All-Star break. If Calgary never won another NHL game and the franchise was relocated to an outpost somewhere in the USA where the Saddle Dome was engulfed into a sinkhole, I would argue it wasn't enough. The logo makes me angry. Their fans seem misguided. <laughs> Seeing them win makes me sick. Sorry, Wilbon. Love you too, but never will I cheer for the Flames. Anybody but Calgary. Yeah. He wants to be the Edmonton Oiler correspondent. It's fine. I we think don't that know. position's open. From um, This is another one about rooting. From Stephen Good in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm originally from Virginia. For the first 21 years of my life, I was unfamiliar with the concept of rooting for my favorite team's division or conference rivals under any circumstance that didn't directly benefit my favorite teams. Then I moved to Fayetteville, Arkansas in 2012. As a reminder, 2012 is the year Bobby Petrino wrecked his motorcycle, oh. which embarrassingly cascaded into him getting fired as the head football coach of the Arizona Razorbacks. Since then, the Razorbacks have been mostly awful, with a touch of mediocrity sprinkled in every so often. 
So my entire time living here has consisted of listening to Arkansas fans talk about how they play in the best conference, though their team contributes absolutely nothing to that claim. I've watched them passionately root for Alabama in the national championship games, even though Arkansas has not beaten Alabama since 2007. They do the same thing anytime any SEC school plays any non-SEC school because they think it makes their team look better as well. They're wrong. Their team is still an embarrassment, and there is not a single non-Arkansas fan on this planet that thinks, wow, another championship for Alabama. Arkansas is going to be one hell of a team next. I went to Virginia Tech, and I take pride in my hatred for UVA. It is hard for me to compliment that fan base, but I'll give them credit for one thing. From 2004 to 2018, when UVA lost 15 straight football games to Virginia Tech, those Wahoos never once rooted for Virginia Tech against any other team, especially when Virginia Tech was in a bowl game or playing for the ACC championship. We hate them, and they hate us. It's just as it should be. Yeah. Take note, Wilbon, Arkansas, and apparently at least some Midwestern fan bases. He's right about that. <laughs> From Abraham in Silver Spring, as a diehard Ravens fan and fellow AFC Northerner, Allow me to respond to Andy from Cincinnati's Letter Friday. The feeling's mutual. Also, Skyline Chili's disgusting. <laughs> P.S. That Dark Knight Rises scene where Hinesfield implodes was amazing. That much we can agree upon. From our friend Mark Schaefer. Nick Lefebvre's email defending the Wilbonian position about rooting for rivals has me convinced that this must be a cultural issue and yet another divide between the East Coast and the Midwest. During my freshman year of college at SUNY Albany, a school then 80% populated by downstaters. I discovered I was the lone Red Sox fan in my dorm. This made watching the 86 World Series challenging, to Oof. say the least. But during one of the games, I noticed that another guy in my dorm was clapping at the same time I was. I turned to him, are you a Red Sox fan? No, came the reply. I hate the Red Sox, but I'm a Yankees fan, and I hate the Mets even more. <laughs> See, that's the ethic of the East Coast. Don't let a thing like living in the same city get in the way of your hatred. And while as a lifelong Bills fan, I usually root for the AFC team in the Super Bowl, especially if it was one of the old AFL teams, if I were ever faced with the prospect of a Dallas-Miami Super Bowl, I would have to root for an asteroid collision to take the whole stadium out. <laughs> From Eric Grohn, in Niceville, Florida, though born and raised in Minnesota, I may be a bit late to discussion regarding Wilbon's rooting for our fellow Midwestern teams, but I wanted to add my two cents. I'm a Vikings fan whose earliest football memory is a Starback Pearson Hail Mary Ooh. that was clearly offensive pass interference <laughs> and resulted in a referee getting brained by a whiskey bottle. I was six years old. On Sunday, it was reinforced to me that my hatred for the Cowboys far exceeds any interdivision rivalry. I giggled like a schoolgirl throughout that mud hole stomping and couldn't have been happier for a Packers victory if I was a lifelong, this was a couple of weeks ago, lifelong Green Bay fan. If the Vikes can't win it, we may as well have the Lions or Packers do it instead of one of those insufferable I-95 teams or an all-glam, no-substance West Coast squad. So he takes the Wilbon position. Yeah. He takes the Wilbon position. From Joe in Orlando, in the open of last Friday's show, Michael asked if you cleared the snow off your roof of your car. And you quickly and casually expressed your callous indifference by indicating you don't bother with such an arbitrary task. Really, Tony? Really? So you're the guy on the road with large blocks of ice careening off the top of your car while everyone behind you is simultaneously swerving out of the way for dear life? Just trying to merge real fast. Cursing you at the top of their lungs for not cleaning your roof? I thought this type of behavior was reserved for Subaru drivers. Do you also leave your shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot when the return is 10 feet away? Do you also not pick up after your dog after it does its business in the neighbor's yard, leaving it for someone else to find with their shoes? Come on. What are we even talking about here? Joe in Orlando, Florida. No, I, I do pick up after the dog. You do. I do that. Um, Kevin Disher in Bay City, Michigan. If the answer to the following question is no, disregard this email. Does your house in Rehoboth Beach have a sump pump? I don't know if it does. 
If so, does it have a hydraulic backup in case of a power failure? I don't know. If it does, and the power went out for a considerable amount of time while you weren't there, a significant amount of water would have filtered through that safety system. I thought of this when we were dealing with a power, lengthy power outage in our hometown last Friday during a powerful snowstorm. Kevin Disher in Bay City, Michigan. That may be worth investigating. I don't know. My answer to everything you ask about my house and what I own is I don't know. I don't know. Angelo, in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, I just heard the episode where you were confused about the interest in Brazil, about the NFL, talking to Jason Locke and Fora. If we can hear the show of a bald orange man getting game picks from a monkey, don't you think we are going to watch a probably meaningless week three game between the Jags and the Browns in one of our biggest soccer stadiums? Come on, man. What are we even doing here? Um, okay, I got a couple more that I could read. Oh, dear doctor, this is from Kevin Coy in Youngstown, Ohio. Dear Dr. Humane Letters, Shakespeare's the best. Who'd he ever beat? I think that's funny. <laughs> Who'd he ever beat? That's a good point. Really Look at his win-loss record, yeah. yeah. Uh, from Dr. Dr. Stanley <laughs> Daniel in Louisville, Kentucky. This is for you, Michael. Tell Michael that the zenith of sandwiches is sourdough fatted with dukes and cheesed with a pimento variety of one's choice. Does that sound something you'd like, grilled cheese? Uh, yes. This, yes. You would like that? That's a good to know. bacon on top. Mm -hmm. And one more. And this is from Greg Newman, who used to, usually is in Reno, but as you'll see, they're not now. I wanted to reach out from a pretty remote location. Normally, I catch the pod from home in Reno, Nevada, just down the hill from Lake Tahoe, and formerly the home of the National Championship Air Races. Yeah, they're gone now. But as is the case most winters, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage and I take a vacation, or as they say here, a holiday. Here is Rarotonga. R-A-R-O-T-O-N-G-A, -R -R -O -O Rarotonga. Not familiar with It's the largest of the Cook Islands in the South Pacific. Oh, okay. When we're in a room with others on holiday and everyone is asked, where are you from? The most common answer is New Zealand. And since we now know that the show has quite the following there, I'm fully expecting to hear a hearty lachiserie. A quick mention of the traffic on Rarotonga. <laughs> there are no stoplights. So surprisingly, traffic seems to flow nicely. You can take the clockwise or anti-clockwise bus to get to any part of the island in less than 35 minutes. <laughs> Lastly, our accommodations came with two robes. Life is good Ooh, in the South Pacific. Two robes. Thank you, Greg. And if you're out on your bike tonight in Rarotonga, do wear white. You want to talk real customers? Kid, that's me. I'm like the mayor of Duncan. I go from Mobblehead. Mobblehead. <laughs>
Get about us, you know me and I finally found a way to 
Too. 